Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Cohen. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. The rivalry sweep for Michigan basketball on Sunday as the men and women beat the Buckeyes of Ohio State. We talk about both those big wins and what to expect from the teams going forward on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. How about that game yesterday? There were games, as I referenced in the intro, but specifically, let's first start with the men's team's win uh, over Ohio State in Columbus. Heck of a basketball game, was it not? I don't consider myself a huge basketball college basketball guy, but like I've I've watched a bunch in the last six weeks, and I think that was by far the best game I've watched. It was it was it reminded me of an NBA game. It was back yeah. and forth. A lot of shots were hit. Uh, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Well, it seems like every shot was hit at least in the first half. It's like unbelievable. It's like all right, one team hits the three, and like all right, is this going to be the momentum changer? And then the other team answers with the three at the other end. It's like. Oh my goodness, this is going to be a, a thriller. And it's sure enough, it that's how it turned out to be. Yeah, I counted uh, that five times that, that that scenario you just described happened where one team hit a three and the other one answered with it in the first half alone. Yeah, it was just, it was truly back and forth. It's funny, uh, I feel like, Aaron, you might have said it when we were talking about what day we should podcast or whatever. And you're like, yeah, well, after that classic on, you know, Sunday or whatever. And I I actually had my my younger brother was like making fun of me about this or whatever. But like I had instant classic in my headline initially. It never published that way, you know, just as like my placeholder. Um, And then and then I took it out just because of the way the final couple minutes ended. Like, I feel like it has to be, it has to truly go down to the final, you know, seconds to be, to be that, but everything leading up to that certainly, uh, you know, checked, checked all the boxes. I mean, yeah, top five teams yeah, and obviously their rivals, um, you know, Michigan on top of the big 10, uh, you know, two teams with, you know, national championship aspirations, basically you could say they're n- number one seeds as things stand now. And yeah, just a lot of, a lot of offense. I mean, I, I put this in one of my stories, let's be honest, like, you know, if it was just as as competitive and as far as the margin throughout, but it finished, you know, 67, 64, something like that, we wouldn't quite be saying this, uh, which I think is just the nature of sports to begin with. You kind of it always seems a little more exciting when there's more points being scored. But fair enough. Yeah, there was just a lot of, uh, you know, high level shots being made in, in that game. Um, yeah, Michigan rain, rain the threes in the first half, hit 10 of them as, you know, Ohio State often threw a second you know, body at Hunter Dickinson inside um, the second half when Ohio state kind of played him a little more straight up, um, you know, Dickinson win scored, you know, 16 of his, of his 22 points in the, in the second half. Yeah. It was kind of interesting cat and mouse to watch Ohio state with its, you know, kind of undersized center, try to guard Dickinson and how they, how they um, handled that. Yeah. I was wondering how Michigan would handle, like they, they had the size advantage coming in. I, I thought Ohio state had been playing really good basketball up until that point. I mean, I've watched, I've watched a lot of Ohio state the last few weeks for, for other reasons, but they, they've been playing well. They've won a lot of games. I thought that people have, have them as potential one seeds in the, in the tournament. I, I think they got a shot to make a run. And I, I was wondering how Michigan would handle them being on the road and, and coming off, you know, a couple games now after the long layoff and, it was a, it was a battle between I, I thought two of the best teams in the Big Ten. I, I thought they like you said back and forth. I thought Michigan handled themselves well and they closed really well. That's something that's really impressed me with this team the last few games. Even Rutgers, like you know, they they're up big against Rutgers and Rutgers made that run late, later on, but they're able to close and finish games. And I think as the season progresses, once they get into March and it's tournament time, that's a tangible you know thing you need as, as a as a tournament team. I mean, you need to be able to close games and fi- and finish against good teams. And Michigan did that very well, you know, after it being, it was a, what seemed like it was a one possession game on the first, the first 35 minutes. 
and then they're able to close it during the, the final few. So it was it was impressive showing, I thought, for for Jawan Howard's team. Absolutely, I think that's a great point. Yeah, it was you know got to like five and and, and six, like you know at, at various points, but that was it until until the final you know minute. There did did one team in this case Michigan, you know, kind of pull away. And yes, that absolutely, you know, made I think eight of their last ten, you know, free throws. Did the simple things, got the ball in bounds when they needed to. Yeah, it was Ohio State that you know had some had some sloppy plays. I mean, I think about that, you know, behind the back pass to to nobody, you know, that Michigan picked up and went the other way. But yeah, they've got uh yeah, they've got they've got gamers, they've got their rotation kind of figured out. It's uh yeah, it's really it's really impressive. Again, the Mike Smith Hunter Dickinson connection continues to impress me. You know, two guys that are new to the program, one of them obviously being a freshman. You know, it's not just basic kind of pick and roll stuff with a point guard and center. They they find each other on uh or, you know, Smith finds Dickinson on some really nice, uh, you know, cuts and things like that, setting him up. And Sean D. Brown yesterday coming off the bench, uh, you know, does what he's done for a good chunk of the season, which is hit threes and, and play really aggressive defense and, you know, crash the offensive glass. One possession where he had had two of them. You know, I was there. That happened That happened right in front of me. And it was uh, and really amazing to see. I mean, Juwan Howard said after the game, you know, it, it kind of showed that he just wanted the ball more than his opponent. I thought that was like exactly right. I mean, you know, he, he's no taller than the guys he was going after, you know, not necessarily a higher jumper or anything. He just really was just more, more aggressive going after it. So yeah, that was a great, you know, great victory for Michigan because as we have talked about in the past, you know, they just because the schedule had not played, you know, the other elite teams in the big 10 yet. Well, Ohio state counts as such, like we said, number one seed, you know, in the mid season bracket reveal and, you know, playing really well and won seven in a row and Michigan, Michigan just took care of them. Andrew, I want I know a lot has been made nationally about Gonzaga and Baylor being the top two teams and there's a gap between the rest of the field. How much do you think Michigan has narrowed that gap? And is is maybe now Michigan in that same tier is is the Gonzaga and, and the Baylor at this point? I think they should be. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people look at that that zero, you know, in the loss column for Gonzaga and, and Baylor, which, you know, we can we can get into this, you know, further down the road as far as, you know, potential coach of the year or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, Michigan is not undefeated. <laughs> they have the one loss that I think that's just what is maybe what, what's separating, you know, them in, in this case, but yeah, no, I absolutely, I think, I think they're right there with them. I mean, you know, it's different. They're different teams, you know, than last year, but Michigan did beat Gonzaga uh, last year and yeah, Baylor is really, I mean, they're, they're similar. They're all similar and they're very good on both sides, you know, of the ball, you know, Michigan actually fell out of the top 10, uh, and defensive efficiency on, on Ken Palm after yesterday's game, they're now 11, but yeah, it's, I, I, I think that's a good question. Cause you often don't hear, you, you do hear like, okay, it's Gonzaga and Baylor and then, okay, maybe Michigan on that next tier, but no, I think absolutely they, they belong in that group. Yeah. I feel like the uh, talking points on, on some of these, these shows in the last couple of weeks have been like, are you taking Gonzaga and Baylor or the field to win the NCAA tournament? I'm like, well, I mean, for me, I would definitely take the field, and I think Michigan would have the the best shot out of the rest of that field to kind of go in and come out on top. But um, obviously, a lot of basketball still to be played. But I like with with where the Wolverines are at at this point. Gonzaga is always a tough team to tell. Maybe not this year, but like in years past. I mean, they play in the West Coast Conference, obviously, which isn't top tier conference. But they're mm-hmm. not. I'm looking at their schedule right now. I mean, they've had a tough non conference. I mean, they beat Kansas. Obviously, isn't you know isn't what they usually are this year, but they beat West Virginia and they've got a win over Iowa, Virginia. So their non-conference has been difficult, and Gonzaga's come through. So it's how they would fare in maybe the Big Ten. 
you know, field competition. I don't know, but it seemed to think that they would, they would probably be at the top there too. So under normal circumstances, I'd say, you know, Gonzaga is, is you know, beatable, but here, I, I don't know. It's tough. And I watched the one time I did watch Baylor this year. I thought they were like incredible. I thought they were the best team I'd watched all season long. So yeah. I, I do think Michigan's probably close. I mean, and then the tournament's going to tell and then you get into the one game situation where, you never anything could happen, so that, that's what makes I think this NCAA tournament. I think it's going to be very compelling this year, assuming it you know it comes through and happens. The bummer that that game between those two teams was canceled earlier yes. in this year. That would have been uh, an intriguing matchup to watch for sure. Yeah, I was just going to mention that Gonzaga and Baylor were supposed to play. I, you know, Gonzaga has never helped by the fact that you know their conference they they just don't get tested as much going in into the tournament. You know, some some past years they have been this year you know, by St. Mary's or, you know, BYU, BYU is okay this year. St. Mary's not so much, but again, the narrative that they then, you know, that hurts them so much that they fall apart is just untrue in recent years. Just look at their runs. I mean, they've gone plenty far uh, in recent years, including to the national championship uh, just a few years ago, but yeah, I don't know. Michigan, the, the men have uh, kept thinking about after geez, you, you have a, a high scoring, you know, top 10 matchup in this case, top five, and who does Michigan play next? Iowa. Like it could be, it could be very, it could be almost a similar game because, you know, Ohio State was third in the country coming in, you know, on uh, offensively. Uh, Iowa's first. So it, it definitely could be a similar game. And we saw that, we saw that, you know, last year in Ann Arbor early in the Big Ten season. Michigan, Michigan got it, cracked triple digits. Iowa was in the 90s. Luca Garza scored 44, I think. So, yeah. Iowa doesn't play defense. So I think this is, you know, a favorable matchup for Michigan, you would think. Right. Yeah. That is a difference. They're not, they're not quite as balanced on both sides as, as Ohio state. So yeah, that should be uh fun. It's uh, you know, part of Michigan's kind of reconfigured schedule to end the year, you know, Iowa Thursday, Indiana, Saturday, uh, Illinois rescheduled to then that following Tuesday. Um, and then two games against Michigan state to close the year on Thursday and Sunday, you know, as I wrote about, it's kind of good all around, I think, for Michigan. Um, as far as like stockpiling wins, yes, they lose, you know, games they would have been bigger favorites in with Northwestern, Penn State, and Indiana. But, you know, just from a competitive standpoint, they they make sure that, you know, they get back the Illinois game that was, you know, the, the biggest one on their schedule. You know, Iowa still happening and, you know, protect the rivalry with Michigan State, even though they're near the bottom of the standings. And then the second component of that is it's it's just not crazy from a, you know, from a rest standpoint. They they get it. There's only, you know, that there's, there's two instances where they just have one day between games. There's no back to back. So playing, you know, playing Iowa, you know, at night on, on Thursday, seven o'clock tip and turning around and going on the road for a noon tip on Saturday. That's the only one that's a little, a little dicey, but you know, the, again, it, it could have been a lot more jam packed. Look at Penn State's schedule, look at Nebraska's schedule, you know, they miss games and they did a lot more to, to work them all back in. So I think Michigan, you know, kind of caught a break, I guess, in that regard. So should be fun. As we mentioned, uh, you know, the Michigan men were not the only basketball team to get a win over Ohio State uh, on Sunday. The women did two. A little bit different fashion. <laughs> a little bit different fashion, but, you know, bounce back win after after a loss uh, early in the week. So, yeah, Ryan, tell us what we need to know about that game. Yeah, the, the, that Indiana game was actually followed a, a similar script to the, the Michigan men versus Ohio State. I mean, it was a, a one-possession game throughout the fourth quarter until Indiana made a, a pair of free throws in the last 30 seconds to win 70, 70 to 65. So, I mean, it was a net-to-net game throughout there, a ton of lead, cha- lead changes, but Wolverines weren't able to, to get enough on, on the road to, to win. 
And then they come back home against Ohio State, which beat them earlier in the year, handed them their first loss of the season, uh, 81 to 77 in Columbus. And that was the first game before they went on that two week pause to come back and to win uh, 75 to 66 in a game they actually led by as many as 18 points in the fourth quarter. Quite impressive for sure. Um, yeah, that was a Nas Hellman 50-point game against Ohio State the first time, yes? Yes, yeah, um, it was the 50-point game. That they, I think they only had four players score in, in that game, but much more uh, balanced attack here on, on Sunday. I mean, Nas Hillman still led the way with 27 points and eight rebounds, uh, but a- Amy Dilk, who has been struggling a little bit lately, she had 13 points, uh, six assists. Nice to see her get, get back on track. Uh, Ken Ray Johnson, 12 points, Leah Brown, 11 points. So they had some more contributors here uh, as Ohio State definitely keyed in on, on Nas a little bit more than, than in the first matchup. Well, and Leah Brown missed that first matchup, I think. Too, yes, yes, well. she did. And uh, her her return has been a, a big boost for the Wolverines, and they will need her um, to make a deep tournament run for sure because she just adds a completely another element to uh, to their team that, that, that was missing in those four games that she missed. She's their second best player to me oh for sure yeah uh, i mean especially it's just as a scorer can you can get her own shot um yeah she's been that has been such a again we just kind of draw these these parallels between the two seasons another you know transfer that is that has worked out for for michigan just like the like the men have yeah so what's there i mean they obviously have games to make up too yeah Um, at this point it's unclear how many they uh, their game against michigan state last tuesday was a makeup game but they've still mm -hmm. had eight eight that have been postponed and right now they only have three on the schedule to end the year talking with uh, kim barnes or, or rico after the game it doesn't she didn't mention anything about when some of those games might be might be made up so right now their next game's not scheduled until thursday at iowa and then Sunday at Minnesota, and then they'd have another break, another week until they face Northwestern. So I assume that they'll try and get in a couple games maybe in that that final week, but who they'll make them up against is still unclear. But yeah, the mission needs some games because obviously the NCAA selection committee kind of docked them a little bit for, for having so many games postponed. And even KBA said after the game, like hopefully, like we're trying to please the committee here. We played three games this week, beat a pretty good Michigan state team, beat a a really good Ohio state team. And, and we're neck and neck on the road against Indiana. So hopefully, hopefully they took note. So those next college uh, NCAA committee rankings come out on March 1st. So we'll have two more games before then we'll see if they can kind of track that top 16, which, which Michigan feels is, is important to do to get one of those top four seats. Yeah. I mean, they absolutely should. I did. Did we, did we discuss this in the last podcast, their committee, Ranking, maybe we didn't, but yeah, you you certainly have a you had a good story about you know yeah their their thoughts on that because it didn't it didn't really make much sense you know unless they straight up just said that they didn't have the number of games yeah it was it was an odd omission you know and it's not it's not really it doesn't matter really but I mean it kind of shows you what they're thinking right now we know what their body of work is so yeah right because I I think I mentioned on the last podcast the the NCAA projections from ESPN's Charlie Cream and he had Michigan yes. as like a number three seed and then yeah like earlier or the on Monday yeah the committee didn't even have admission in the top 16 for one of those top four seeds so it will it'll be interesting to see what transpires here over the next couple of weeks and and how the committee views Michigan when it's all said and done and how many games they're able to, to make up. Cause yeah, like, like KBA said, they have one of the best duos in the country and not, not, Nas Hillman's a, a national player of the year candidate. There's not too many teams that have a Nas Hillman on the roster. So 
yeah, I, I think Michigan can is definitely one of the top 16 teams in, in the country, regardless of how many games they played. And, and, and to be fair, they, they haven't played the, the toughest schedule even b- before their shutdown. Or, uh, Northwestern and Ohio State were their only two ranked games before that that pause. But still, I mean, Michigan's won a lot of games here this year by, by double digits. So they've taken care of who's been on their schedule. Just win, baby. Just win. Just win. They've got some, uh, I guess we could say, breaking news. It won't be by the time people listen to it, so it's probably pointless. But, yes, the AP the AP poll on the men's – while we're talking about rankings, the AP poll on the men's side did just come out, and Michigan, as expected, stayed at three because Gonzaga and, and, and Baylor still, still haven't lost. Ohio State held at four. Uh, you know, despite the loss, you know, Illinois held at five. So the top five unchanged, but you know, Iowa, Michigan's next opponent didn't move up two spots. So they're now at nine. So we can call it a top 10 matchup again. You know, if they, if they had just stayed at 11, what's, what's really a big difference, but it just, you know, it sounds a little, a little better to call it that part of me thinks we should be using like the NCAA net rankings anyway, for these things, they change every day. They're more reflective of what the you know committee will be using, but I don't know. So be it maybe. Am I the guy to make that change and go out on a limb and start using those rankings instead? Maybe, maybe I am. It's like at the end of the college football season when the college football playoff rankings come out every right. week. Yet we're still publishing the AP poll, like it matters, you know. Right. Well, maybe M Live can be the voice of change there. But yeah, no exciting, uh, you know, stuff coming up here as March approaches. We will have plenty more coverage. MLive.com/slash Wolverines. Thank you for listening. <laughs>